Hey guys, I'm Doug. I'm Ryan. And welcome to Two Weeks, Two weeks from, from everywhere. everywhere, a podcast brought to us, no, brought to you by us. <laughs> a man is paying us $10 to sing into his can. <laughs> sing into a can. Two See, weeks from everywhere. We already opened up the show with more yeah. quotes than we had <laughs> ever done about Doug. This Dark podcast ever. is a geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> we are not here. To press the goddamn flesh, Junior. <laughs> we mass communicate. We're not today. one at a time in it. <laughs> We're not at one at a time in it. We're we mass, mass communicating. I'm a member of a pregnant. very secret, invisible <laughs> organization. I do not believe I have to say the name of it. I will also, we could have also, the, this podcast could have also happily been called What's the Problem, Big Dan? Yeah. Because him just kidding, kicking the shit out of Delmer. While George Clooney's just eating food, but let's let's get into this before we get into all the all the new of, of what we got going on. I've rewatched that recently because a friend yes, of mine, too. you and I've <laughs> talked about that, but a friend of mine and I uh, uh, share a lot of of movie quotes. Uh, uh, and uh, and and Oh Brother's one of our go tos, and he was streaming and watching a clip from Oh Brother, and we were talking about the Big Dan moment, the Cyclops showing up uh, for Ulysses, and um, and we were laughing about the part like. But we're laughing about the tree part when what seems to be the problem, and he's just beating the living snot. Yeah. But the clip that he accidentally <laughs> pulled up was just, ah! just screaming, screaming. <laughs> and getting his ass handed to him. So we're watching, and they cut to the scene. They're in the 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 restaurant, and Delmer has the box open, and he's staring mm. at the frog. And George Clooney goes, Delmer, put that away. You're in a fine establishment. People don't want to see an amphibian on the table. And he goes something like, "You never did believe this was this this was a." Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pete. Pete. Anyway, and he goes. He goes. Well, I'm not sure if I do. And he goes. And I think you're ashamed of him. Shamed of him. And George Clooney, without skipping a beat, delivers what probably is the greatest acting line of his career because it was so succinct, so perfectly timed, and so in character. And he goes. Well, first off, if that is Pete, I am ashamed of him. <laughs> Second off, in that line of like, I don't. I know it's. We all know it's not Pete, but. If it is at Pete, the time, at the time, he was tricked into it. He got turned by some sirens into the a sirens. Toad. So of course he's ashamed. Like that, that character George Clooney set up a hundred percent would be ashamed of his friend who got caught by women and turned into a frog. Yeah, a thousand percent believed he was ashamed of his friend Pete who did become a frog. It was the I don't know why that line. I laughed for tw- like I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard because I've watched that movie a million times yeah. and that line for some reason has never registered as so brilliant but if it is pete i am ashamed of him is probably the most genius because it's such an <laughs> innocuous throw-off line but delivered with such earnest and such just amazing acting that it's probably now my favorite line in the whole movie if it is pete i am ashamed of him. well i always it always gets me okay so I got a great story about seeing that movie for the first time. So it was my wife. Well, I don't even know if we were married yet. My no, wife. We weren't. We weren't married yet. Yeah. Yeah. So my soon to be wife and I went on a date to watch that movie. And because she was like, you know, we had watched Big Lebowski a million times and a bunch of other Coen Brothers films, big fans. And then here's this new movie coming out. So we're like, let's go see it. And the the theater was it was in the theater was not full the auditorium wasn't full but it was half full right and yeah. apparently 
Katie and I were the only ones that thought that movie was funny. <laughs> and we, I mean, like we were getting side-eyed from hell, right? Like it was yeah. like we were cracking up and people were like, what, is, what are they even laughing at? Like, what, this is horrible. Like what is happening to these people? And there was a moment right there at the siren, at the, the, the scene where the, the toad comes out like of the shirt. Yeah. And when Delmar, when he starts screaming. Screaming? <laughs> Katie and I, we just, we were crying. We were falling out of our seats. And then at the point, at the point where he says, where he says, what are we going to do? And his voice goes up like that. Oh my God. I think I spilled my popcorn. I was laughing so hard. And then when I finally was like, I cleared the tears and everything. And we, we were still laughing. Like during the whole next scene, we were still laughing. Like when, when, uh, and then when, when, uh, when Ulysses is like, I don't reckon that's Pete. Like we just lost it all over again. <laughs> and then, and then like we look up and like all the other people in the theater are looking at us like we're crazy. That's we're insane. Like, what are you doing? What are you, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you laughing at this? But, but to be fair, to be fair people don't get the Coen brothers like that. That's true. Like Lebowski people had to watch three or four times before they saw that it, it didn't catch none of these movies. None of the Coen brothers movies catch on because they're so goddamn smart. They write so goddamn well. They do everything so perfectly that in your brain you go, I mean, what is this serious movie about? Like idiots trying to find a ring in a valley that's <laughs> getting flagged. It seems so dumb. And then when you start watching, even like Lebowski's another one that has such good nuance to the comedy that you don't realize that it's all funny. That yeah. the Coen brothers might have successfully made a few movies that are literally like 99.9% comedically genius. Yeah, everything they put into their movie. If you go back and you watch Big Lebowski, if you watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou, maybe even the Hudsucker Proxy, but these two movies especially, they went out of their way to make sure everything played into every everything leads to everything. Their world in that in that in that instance of those movies is so completely realized when it's you know page to screen, it blows my mind. You go back and watch, and there is very little critique I could do about either one of those movies. And not even like, well, I didn't. I mean, there's nothing that I would even go. I didn't appreciate that part. I fucking appreciated every. I mean, even at Lebowski, a cab driver, just a guy who picked him up after he got his ass kicked out of a beach community. You just go, well, he's fucking man. You don't like my music and show fucking cab. (laughs) The world's most staunch Eagles fan. And and like, and they set the world up so perfectly that, of course, the dude would get a cab with a guy who fucking Loves, loves the Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah. the Eagles. And of course, the dude is the kind of guy that can't filter himself to just shut no. up and take the ride. <laughs> so he's going to tell that dude exactly what's wrong with the Eagles at that moment. Get no matter what. Get well, he's still cat. nursing a bruise from getting <laughs> yeah. hit in the head by a fascist, man. He's a real reactionary. Uh... <laughs> so, so yeah. anyway. So, so real quick, just everybody knows we've rebranded <laughs> our, our 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 podcast after over a decade. Uh, yes. uh, what is dead shall never die. That's true. You're supposed to repeat that, but you didn't watch the show and you don't know no, about I'm it. Sorry. So that's uh, what the yeah. Iron Islanders say. Yes. Yeah. What, what is dead, what is yeah. dead shall never die. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so we have rebranded into two weeks direct from everywhere. And what I had written was intro, and what you guys got a glimpse is what we call digression. So actually, the show <laughs> will always open up with digression. Where Looks we like George back on top form. again. <laughs> George, some of your some of your fold money came unstowed. I listen. I use one line from that movie almost all the time, and I swear to God, it's when I'm driving and I see an animal that's been hit by a car. Could be a raccoon. Could be a bird. Oh, could George, be a cat. Not the livestock. Oh, George, not the livestock. Comes out of my mouth once a day at least. Oh, George. 
Or if I see a video of like somebody being mean and a horse kicks them in the face, they go, oh, George, the livestock. Because I don't know why. That, even that's stupid. It's not funny. Why does he hate livestock? What is George so mad about that he will shoot? Hate <laughs> That's baby face George Nelson. But what I wanted to bring what up is the Delmar scream. Horizing. <laughs> the Delmar scream is reminiscent of the, the Daniel Stern scream when a tarantula gets put on a space yes, by a malevol yeah. malevolent prepubescent boy. Yes, yes. But that when an actor can just let go and find that lizard brain, there's something about the kid because that's a real scream. Like people go, oh, he screamed like a girl. That's not screaming like a girl. That's terror escaping your body. It, it's just a reaction. So like the fact that Delmar hit that scream so perfectly, the fact that Daniel Stern, <gasps> that intake of breath before he lets out that just gut-wrenching scream is so genius. And the mm. guy who plays Delmar is so GD good at just doing like those nuanced little, I've said nuanced like three times and I got to stop. I sound like an asshole. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's say, <clears throat> let's say you and I were up to no good. Okay. Or we, were on an, we were on an adventure. Like, I love let's it. Let's say we were on an adventure. And, uh, oh my gosh. So yeah, we're up to no good. We're on an adventure. Treasure hunting. You and I are treasure hunting. Got it. We get separated. Okay. You get incarcerated. Right. That seems accurate. And then you're on a break. Uh, your prisoners allow you to go and watch a movie. Okay. And then you yeah. see me. In the theater, still free, still on the treasure hunt. Yeah. And you're trying to give me a warning. And I yeah. look at you, and the first words that I say to you after being separated is, we thought you was a toad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, what would your reaction be? <laughs> Listen, I get it, because we're on an adventure. from his point of view. We're fighting Cyclopses, <laughs> we're fighting Sirens, we're getting away from an invisible army. Like we are doing our best to to to, to escape jail to yeah. get my wife's ring back. I assume yeah. I am the Frodo Baggins. I have the ring. I'm the yes. one carrying the ring or trying to accomplish the ring. <laughs> I a thousand percent would. would go. Well, of course they thought I was a toad. That seems uh, they don't know I was kidnapped by sirens and, and then forced <laughs> back into labor. But I would assume that you guys really knew that I was a toad or thought that I was a toad because that's the magical adventures thus far we have been on. Yes. I mean, we ran across the whole Gopher Village, dude. Like, it's just not a normal day. Just speak out of brother. You know, no. I never was. I never was turned into no toad. Well, then, that was our mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Even that is genius writing because it's just acceptance. Oh, yeah. you weren't a frog. I'm sorry. That was my my bad on the frog thing. It's just ingenious. Well, I'll only so anyway, eighty two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking on the bright side. There, he's a suitor. Even the kids, just line after line, and he's bona fide. So basically, now, Ryan, do you think it was just the one Woolsworth, or do you think it was all the Woolsworths he was kicked out of? I can't switch sides in the middle of a campaign. <laughs> why don't? What does he say? Why don't we? Uh, what is it? What does his son ask him? Why don't we do what? God damn we it. should get us some of that reform. Re we should get us some of that reform. God damn it! I'm the incumbent. <laughs> Got himself a little fella with an even littler broom. <laughs> I, I mean, think we're a bunch of Johnny come lately. <laughs> the movie's so good. And it's stupid. It's about, yes. it's literally about a guy getting a ring back and local politics. That's yeah. it. That's it. It's a whole movie. It's just. And see, George, see, it's all tied together because George is about to get electrocuted with the power they're going to generate from flooding from the, from the, the, the back. <laughs> 
cyclical, dude. It's cyclical. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's a digression. So welcome um, to the podcast. Welcome to weeks from everywhere. <laughs> uh, everywhere being the fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks is how yeah. long it takes us to get to it. Get so to the there you go. Yep. There you go. So uh, anyway, I'm Doug. Uh, I'm 44, like long walks on the beach. Uh, I have one friend. <laughs> really mean too, who still likes me for some reason. That's Ryan. You have a very, very, uh, very handsome beard. Very, I was going to say manly, but I, it's more than just manly. Handsome. It's, it's handsome. Yeah. Handsome. Yeah, I'm starting to get good gray. Like I'm not like. Yeah. Not. I'm not distinguishing. It's distinguishing. Yeah, I yeah. look smart, man. I look fucking good. I look smart. No, <laughs> uh, sir. You are incorrect. <laughs> there we go so anyway shut up yeah. d1 you dickhole so yeah so with with the rebrand and with the with the with the want to maybe try to elevate us just talking to each other and recording it uh, uh so we've so so we're gonna outline we're gonna talk about stuff i've got nerd news we, we got stuff nerd to talk news. about life wise uh, i think news. nerd news we're gonna do some sections i have some stuff where i would like ryan to like talk about like books he's read or music oh, that he's in, in, interested books. in just so everybody knows we're gonna fucking keep that down I, look i'm in the middle of a talk i can't stop just because of gas uh so so uh so we're uh so i'm gonna cut ryan's segments down to about five minutes maybe because yeah, because if not if i don't not, know if you guys want to hear, hear about like i don't know gregorian throat chanting for 45 minutes but it'll, if there's anybody that can do it it's it'll, ryan it'll be like the end of return of the king it'll just go on and on and on Think of every professor in every movie where they've wanted you to be reiterated that it's boring and all the kids in the class are bored. That's <laughs> yeah. Ryan. I'm just kidding. I love you. You're What's his funny. name? Ben Stein. Yeah. Any ben role Stein. that Ben Stein has played that, that they could have given it to me. Yes. A thousand percent. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> speaking of Ben Stein and nerds, well, he's not really a nerd. He's like a wannabe bro. I don't like Ben Stein anyway. Yeah. He's, Personally, I mean, he's been in some some cool phenomenal. Well, I did find out that in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, John Hughes went, I don't have anything written for you. So if you want, just talk about stuff, you know. And so Ben Stein did go like, do you want me to talk about economics? Because, man, that would probably bore the shit out of high school kids. And John Hughes said, I'm just going to roll. You talk about economics. And economics, Ben Stein go. came up with something D.O.O. economics was just Ben Stein off the cuff teaching boring kids. And I was watching John Hughes commentary and he's talking and he's like, all I wanted was to show like levels of how much these kids dislike this teacher. So there's like one girl who's just breathing hard, like gripping her desk because she fucking hates the teacher so much. <laughs> it's so good. So anyway, that's kind of what Ryan does. He, he does not digress. Ryan is very succinct and to the point. Um, I, uh, have recently uh, found out that I have ADHD and I <laughs> like people to get to the point as fast as possible. Not so I can talk. It's just because that's how my brain works. And that's why we digress a lot because also Ryan, who probably does not have an ADHD brain, but likes talking about cool stuff. So when he's talking and I go, Ooh, a butterfly, Ryan goes, fucking butterflies are awesome. So Tell instead of butterfly. trying to track us in, he goes, the thing about butterflies. And then I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that's what you're in for is Ryan trying to corral basically a three ring circus and nobody's in charge of it. And I'm the circus and Ryan's just going, all right, let's go. So, well, you said you, you recently discovered you have ADHD. I imagine yeah. this is what I imagine how you discovered it. Okay. I imagine that you walked into uh, a cave Okay. And there was like two little fires and a guy standing between the two fires. And he's like, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And he handed you like a, a 
a diagnosis and you were like dun, 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 and you held it yeah. up and you were like i, I have it yeah that's a thousand so like today after this i have like my first appointment like a video appointment with like a shrink with a head doctor uh-huh. uh to uh to to and i'm not gonna do I'm, I'm not gonna do like i'm 44 i'm not doing fucking ritalin or anything like that but i'm gonna try to do exercises to focus my brain because i think if i could stay focused like stay focused on any one task for more than like an like an hour like in the grand scheme of things i could be dangerous like yeah. i could do stuff and i can't because my brain doesn't work it, it, it and i've realized it because it comes out in my art i don't have a style because i constantly i go from matchbooks to cartooning to animation to animate like i can't focus and so that's what we're going to work on so anyway that doesn't help ryan who who always has points and always wants to talk about stuff and I fucking derail them <laughs> like a terrorist in a Batman movie. I'm everything's <laughs> off the rails. So um so speaking of that, I have I have a sheet and it's Whoa. more for me to stay on task. I can read I'm, it. You're uh, not gonna read this, you son of a no, it's fine if you read it. Um, so so but it's an outline. So A, we can keep the podcast to like a succinct, more a, a cuttable like hour, hour ten, cuttable. hour fifteen for Ryan, which is it's very emo. important. Very emo, very emo. This whole podcast just wants to cut itself. So, um, Content so, warning. so I'm breaking it up and this is what we're going to break it up into. We're going to have an intro where we talk about whatever, uh, Ryan and his wife seeing a movie that no one else thought was funny, but all those motherfuckers now love, love, oh, yeah. love. They couldn't believe saw it in the theater when it came out, but you didn't laugh. Did you? you son yeah, of a bitch. Be like, there were you didn't think weirdos. it was funny then. Ooh, <laughs> oh, I don't like them. I don't like them. Um, so, but also this will keep me on task and keep me focused on the things I want to talk about. So, uh, and, and we can, these topics will change, but for the most part, these will, what will, will, will kind of fall into just like an intro. Then we have nerd news, like, like shit in the pop culture and zeitgeist that I think we, you and I could have great discussions about and ramifications of the world. Then we have movie, music, movies, news, just stuff like we want upcoming or books or whatever. <laughs> Um, then life, because I think it's important that we talk about being dads, you know, mm. even stuff like mental health or physical mm. health. You run mm. a lot. You're healthy. I'm on keto. I've literally lost over half my body weight. This stuff, there are other people that, that struggle to a like get in shape or find something to do that they enjoy because Ryan writes, Ryan reads, Ryan, like Ryan finds time to do all of these things, even though it sucks the life out of you to like find time when you have kids to do <laughs> extracurricular. So like we do do stuff outside of like just being dads do do and do do and the alliteration on Ryan reads Ryan. Ra- I was very proud of that. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's important. Ketosis. Ketosis. That's the planet with the little bugs. Uh, no, it's those angry dudes with the, with the ruffle heads and they're like, Oh, talk, and they hit you with a bat left. Those little, <laughs> I like those guys. I like being no, racist against totally aliens. Different. Cause nobody could call me out. Like there's no thing <laughs> I'm going to be like this fucking guy. So he might, I mean, he might. There might be somebody that takes it too far, but odds are the guy cosplaying a, a Klingon. No, I'm talking about actual Klingons, so they might come down and chop you in half. Yeah, well, Nanu, Nanu, motherfucker, what are you going to do? That's that's very racist. Is it racist against Morks? Yeah. Rest in peace. Morks, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, today, speaking of Mork, this is not even close, but it kind of counts. <laughs> I wanted to get your opinion on what is essentially right now a, a couple things in the news that 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 have my brain going motherfuckers this is skynetty you guys oh. are working on skynet oh so what are you thinking and i will i'm gonna point out officially that i use chat gpt almost daily because it's mm. fun yeah. and so i will also preface this by saying everybody keeps saying ai and i don't believe it's ai 
it only learns by grasping information. It's not mm. learning on its own. It's not learning. Mm. Court. It's only learning because people put input into it. That's not artificial intelligence. Mm. That's just apparent, basically. Mm. So not yeah. a huge deal. But the implications are it's going to be a huge deal because that's what they want. So what is your take on the modern state of AI and the fact that it came on quickly and now every tech company in the world is scrambling to add an AI system to whatever? Okay, well, <clears throat> this here might be we little, go. Yeah, this might <laughs> be a little controversial take. So for the longest time. For the longest time. Uh, uh, uh. Anyway. For the uh, okay. <laughs> so, I want you. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so for me, for me. Um, I am personally uh, very excited about yeah. some of these things um, because I think now I've met people that are on the complete opposite uh, spectrum, but I'll, 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 yeah, but those people are scared of the sun. So, but <clacht> for the law, it's for me, it started with the idea when I, when I wrap my head around autonomous vehicles. Yes. So that's a, a form of machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, right? Yes. And then in my professional life, I started working with big lumps of data to solve problems, right? Yeah. Now, this is humans doing this. This isn't artificial intelligence, but we're using all these, this data to, to find out like how things can work better, right? And more efficiently. Right. And when you apply that to driving, when one of the most dangerous things that you can, that any person can do on a day-to-day -day basis is get in a car and go to the store. That's one of the most dangerous things you can do. Right. Yep. Because humans operating vehicles at that with that power and that that speed is always a very dangerous proposition. And I it's think getting uh, worse because I think Bilbo of, said it best when he said the most dangerous step is the first one out your front door. Yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, because you could get run over uh, by a horse uh, at on the way to Buckley or a warg. Or something. I don't know. Or a warg. <laughs> <laughs> or a warg. Other dangers involved with the warg. But so uh, <laughs> we'll break so, that down in nerd news later. <laughs> but then if you think about like what you could do with autonomous vehicles, if, if, if the majority of the vehicles on the road were autonomous and they could communicate with each other, right. You would eliminate the need for stop signs. You would eliminate the need for like your, you could, you could fit more, more traffic. traffic. Yeah. You could fit more volume on a smaller footprint for your infrastructure. Right. Cause right now, like, we're doing a lot of development around my area and everybody's complaining about the infrastructure because traffic is horrible and there's no good way to get onto this road or that road. There's one particular like on-ramp of a big four-way, uh, four, four lane. Uh, it's like 65 miles per hour and you're going from a 25 mile per hour, per hour road and you got to pull out and it's a stop sign. It's not a light, right? It's very dangerous. A lot of people have been hurt there at the intersection. But that would be just as safe as any other part on the road if you had autonomous vehicles because they could yeah. communicate with each other. Everybody could adjust their speed accordingly and all that kind of stuff like that. You would eliminate traffic jams, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get too utopian with it. But basically what I'm trying to say is the potential for that and the safety increases for that outweigh the, the, you know, the Tesla that crashes into a convention center or something like that. that also, if it works, travel speed exponentially gets bigger. Correct. So 60 mile an hour highways become 100 mile an hour highways because everything talks to everything. So everything yeah. knows what's going on. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So so like me coming to see you takes an hour. Doesn't take two and a half hours. It's an hour. And I'm for it. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I'm on your side. So, I'm just reiterating yeah. how much well, the traffic thing to me is. But I don't want to get too utopian because there are downsides and there's going to be a very 
hard uh, adjustment period where things are going to be very difficult, where you're going to have like uh, the, these artificially intelligent drivers like make mistakes, right? And, the, and they're yeah. going to be horrible, right? And they're going to be horrible mistakes that could have been prevented. With Wait, can I put a pin in that and ask you, do you think that these, these problems we have with these automated drivers crashing into things and bumping stuff and hitting, I personally think it's not really automated driver. It's the fact that we're relying solely on one source of information. Mm. So we have a source going A to B. So the car recognizes this car, but not in time. Mm. Whereas if A talks to A, they know B together. So if this car starts going over, now you have two like robot brains going, whoa, mother. So this one can adjust <laughs> and adjust around it. Yeah. And, and that's where we're at right now is we're at, at this phase where everybody, first off, like you could go, I'm going to just make marshmallow fluff just as healthy as possible. And you will literally have a quarter of the population going, what the fuck is wrong with the original marshmallow fluff? Yeah. Just to be contrarian for no, yeah. there are people who just want to go. Nope. Not in my day. Why? I don't get it. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. But I just uh, think it's important like that. The fact that right now we don't have two things communicating for the most part, we're only focusing on the one that wrecked trying to figure all the information out by itself. But guess yeah. what? We have computer brains and we wreck all the time. Yes. So, 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 and, and then the other thing about it is the more you use it, the more efficient and smarter it gets. That's how machine learning works, right? Yeah. So the more, you know, uh, we use the thing and it encounters all these different kinds of situations. That's more data that goes into the algorithm to, to teach it how to, how to better react to that. Now, uh, as you said, it's not exactly, technically, it's not really AI, it's machine learning, which there's difference is between that, but it's sort of nuanced. But I'll, I'll go on to some other, other things, right? Um, so you mentioned chat G, GTP, yeah. GPT, G, GPT, 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 yes. Um, so, you know, I write, and one of the things that I've noticed is that there's a myth that writers write in solitude. Now, when I'm when I'm typing on the page, I'm by myself, right? Yeah. But when I'm done typing my my chapter out or my story out, what do I do? I give it to somebody else to read, and then they give me feedback, and then I make changes based on that feedback. Yeah. So if I give that story to you to read, how is that any different than me showing it to? you know, some machine learning program and them giving me feedback. I'm still yeah. getting feedback from another source. And if like, let's say you and I were writing the script or something like that together, we're going to be sitting in the room, bouncing ideas off of each other. And all the, the sort of writing tools that are, that exist right now work very much the same way. You get stuck and you're like, man, I don't know where to go after this scene. You just ask the, the AI and the AI is going to spit back an idea to you of this is what could happen. And you can throw it in the trash or you can take <laughs> parts of it or you can whatever you want. And it's the same thing you and I, if we're writing a script together, I'm like, man, I don't know where to go after this scene. I really wanted to do this, but I don't know how to get there. And you say, well, why not just have this thing come in and we can go off of that. I can take that, that advice or I cannot take that advice. I could take part of that advice. You know, it's the same the same process so the yeah, idea yeah. that a writer is some tortured soul that you know sits in his attic and and pounds away at a keyboard is is not exactly accurate also can we let's let this is not ai topic but this is on brand with what you're talking about right now is can we as artists as creatives just go ahead and say let's just stop like gatekeeping how people get to creativity 
even if it, I get it, AI painting apps steal or do whatever from hundreds of millions of downloaded art. I get it. I get that some people are using the chat GT, GPT to like write commercials and write and, and like some, I watch TikTok, some teachers going, just watch this. And they type in, write me a lesson plan for fourth graders about elephants. And it broke down a lesson plan. Now, mind you, it's important to understand that that thing did not create a lesson plan. It patched together lesson plans from other yep. people who yep. had told it what lesson plans were. But A, that's awesome. Because guess what? Teachers have a fucking raw deal. And it's really hard. They should have something like this that other teachers have put volume into. But what we can't do is we can't gatekeep how people get to what they get to creatively. In that if you tell ChatGPT to write you a Stephen King novel and it just regurgitates it, that's a problem. But if it can help you understand how Stephen King writes because you have an assignment to write a horror story like Stephen King and it gives you something that spits out that you can use, there's nothing wrong with it. And guess what? It's very hard to plagiarize something on like the chat GPT because if you ask, write my homework for this book report, it will spit out the same book report to every single person that asks them. That's why it's easy to figure out. Like you could literally, I could take anything Ryan writes, put it through chat GPT and it will tell you if it wrote it or not. It has the capability to know if it spit that out. And I also read that somebody, some like teenager, of course, invented a, uh, like a, um, a, oh, an a anti program, a program will, where a teacher can just like go onto a website and say, was this written was with it AI? Plagiarized? And it will say, yeah, it's written with AI. And for me with the, with the visual artist and with the writing, like, I think there should just be, you know, I mean, just like, just like you sign an artist signs their name right to their work. Uh, yeah. Like you should say, you know, generated with, you know, yep. whatever tool you use to generate it with. Yep. And a thousand percent. And then me as a consumer can decide whether or not, you know, what kind of value I put on that. But, but uh, as far as like the artist goes, like it's not the same as you sitting down to your drafting table and, and, and drawing something up from scratch. It's not the same as me putting it in there, but that's that. Cause I couldn't do what you do. But maybe you couldn't do what I do. You I know, can't. Maybe, maybe you tried. couldn't it the way that, that – No, no. <laughs> I mean, like, if we were using – If I'm the one that's using the the, the AI the AI uh, art generator, yeah. and, you know, like, I couldn't do what you do, but then maybe you couldn't come up with the prompt that I come up with, right? So yeah. it's not the same. It's not the same. There are caveats to it. It's but not, it's not binary either. It doesn't have to be one or the other where only one exists. The so other. that's – So I run into a lot in tattooing where people go, oh, you have to do things this way. They – Things have to face this way. You can't learn on your own. You have to do an apprenticeship. You have to like, and, and I get it. But my, one of my big problems with tattooing is, is everybody acts like I get it. We tattoo people's skin, except for humans have been doing it for we, tangibly hundreds of thousands of years. We have found skeleton load 11, 14,000 years old, 14,000 years. People have been mushing up berries using some pokey thing and making designs on ourselves. So when you tell people how they should and shouldn't do the things they do to create, it's not correct. Now, I used to be that don't tattoo at home. Don't do the. I'm over that shit. Do anything you can do to be creative in any way you feel that you need to be creative. If your whole life is mundane and the only joy you get is typing in cat fucking a lollipop, lollipop in an AI art generator just so you can see what that would look like if someone painted it. By all means, dude, find a little bit of joy. And I get, I get the, I, I get the argument. I, I was asking people to type my name into those things. So eventually maybe it would steal some mind. Cause I just think it would be cool to be a part of like, <laughs> could I do this in Doug style, but I don't have a style. So it doesn't really matter. But like, I just don't understand. Like 
A, first off, you can usually tell when it's an AI generated because the flow doesn't make sense. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just smushing a bunch of shit together. That's why when you see it, there's 12 fingers on one hand. There's like three eyes on one face because the computer's just shoving a bunch of crap. The same when it writes. Write me this story about an axe murderer with a hook hand that sounds like Stephen King. It's going to be a jumbled nightmare. Mm. It's not going to make a ton of sense. But you might find something in there that you can use. As, like, I, I just don't get it. Every artist from the beginning of time has used inspiration of some kind one way or another. I use reference constantly. All the time I Google pictures. All the fucking time. I'm sure you do too when you write. Mm -hmm. Or give yourself prompts. You don't just come. Sometimes it's hard to come up with shit. So, well, the first rule, like when you talk to anybody about how to be a better writer, the first thing that almost everybody is going to say to you is read more. Yeah. Right. I mean, why are you doing that? It's not because you're like, oh, I just need, I need to see what words look like. No, you're reading more so that you can find out what you like that yeah. other authors do and what you can incorporate, pay homage to whatever you want to do, take inspiration from, because that's what you do. And that's what a, a chat GPT does. It reads all this stuff. It reads, and then it's literally the only thing it does. It's not really a brain. It, it's not even smart. It just has a laundry list of shit inside of it. So basically yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll break it down this way. It's not AI. It's a vending machine with words. So when you type in, like I've used it, I, I'm doing video game stuff. I've looked up, like I've written code that I could not get to work. I put it out to people who tried to help, but they knew more than I did. And the way they succinctly wrote it was not where my brain could grasp it. So I would go to chat GPT and I go, here's a, a script to make A do B. And it would go, I see what you're trying place. to yeah. do. You should do this. Also, if you rewrote it to where all this was smaller, it's easier for the computer to function and do. So that's it. And guess what? I didn't use the whole code. I just stole the parts of the code that I went, oh, that shit's dope and yeah. put it there. Now, mind you, someone else wrote that code. That's somebody else's code that can, this thing just spit it back out to me. But it knew what I wanted because it's a, it's just a word vending machine. And, and then, it. and then guess what? You take that, that bit of code that helps you solve your problem. And then later on in that code, you solve somebody else's problem, not knowing that you solve somebody else's problem. And then they are stuck. They, they ask uh, the, the AI for help, and then they say, oh, well, this guy solved your problem. So here, you get Here's this. what? You've got better code. Everybody's got better code. And listen, I went through a fun thing with this chat, and, and now this will bring it back around somewhere, making sure we're talking about the AI stuff, is I was showing it to my 10-year-old son, and I go, you can literally just ask it questions. It knows up to like 2021. 20, it can answer anything for you. And if it doesn't know, it'll be open and and try it. So he was talking about he has a favorite anime that's called um, One Piece, which is pirate anime. It's 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 fun. He loves it. But he plays a video game on Roblox called Blocks Fruits, which is based on that anime. And in it, he just wanted to ask it questions about the, if it knew about the anime, just trying to stump it. And he was asking about like the sword levels and it didn't know. So he went, well, here's the sword levels. And it literally went. So are you telling me that the sword levels of the game Blocks Fruits based on the anime One Piece is legendary epic whatever and he goes yeah also here's this and this and he goes so you're telling me not only are these the sword levels but here's this now what it did was went oh this is information that's relevant i'll keep my eye on this and if it does seem to be well they don't seem to care if it's true or not they just take it as fact so the next time some kid asks about boxford the ai will know or well the the, the chat bot will know that's a better i think it's a better term right now a chat bot the chat mm. bot will know these are the sword levels in Bloxfords or whatever. So that I literally watched the thing learn in, in a, 
I mean, a convoluted way, but, and I'm not crapping on it because it's a real fucking cool tool, man. It's really fun to play around with. And I use it for dumb shit. Like, I'll use it for, but why do we call oranges orange? And it will, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just fun. And you can get into other, like, I don't know. It's just fun. Anyway, well, I think, but, go ahead. Before, yeah, yeah, we, before we get off of this. No, no, I, 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 want, want, I want to get back to your point. Well, I want to, I want to confess something. So I use, I've been, um, you know, doing a lot of home recording and, and stuff like that. Um, in this podcast, I edit this podcast and mix it down and do all that kind of stuff like that. Um, I use AI tools to mix my music and yeah. I have been, uh, since basically, uh, like since well, electronic since, recording, computer, no, 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 recording no, no, like basically since we started up this podcast again, I've been using AI tools to help mix it. Now you can go back and listen to our epi- uh, late, uh, earlier episodes and stuff like that. It doesn't mean, uh, and, and you'll see a difference in quality because as I, the, as I was saying with like you, it solves your problem with that code. Then you go down a little bit further and find out that maybe you get stuck at this part. I'm still watching tutorials. I'm still reading all these articles. I'm still reading all these books about how to mix audio and do all this kind of stuff. But one of the things I cannot do is repair the damage I have done to my ears. Right. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I had a a hearing test done uh, a couple of years ago and they show you the EQ spectrum. And they say, you have tinnitus here and here. So you literally cannot hear these frequencies right here. And they showed me, it was just, it was an EQ graph that I'm familiar with seeing from mixing music. Yeah. And when I mix music, I'm always boosting those frequencies in when I'm mixing down. And then I, I'll play them in my car or I'll play them on somebody's stereo. And I'm like, this, this sounds odd to me, You're right? It, it doesn't sound finished. And that's because I'm adding <laughs> frequencies that, are already there. I'm just adding them because my ears are damaged and I can't hear them there. And that especially becomes a problem if there's like conflicting resonances. So like if the bass guitar and the kick drum are conflicting with each other on this spec uh, frequency spectrum, like I don't, I can't accurately fix that by ear. So I use AI that scans all that better than I could do. And it will, it will knock those things out if they're conflicting with each other. Or it will show me visually what the EQ spectrum looks like uh, and what I'm trying to get it to look like and how and it'll help me get it there, right? And it helps me balance out like if something's too loud or something's too soft and stuff like that and it helps me get a, a, a better mix. And I literally couldn't do, I couldn't <laughs> mix the podcast to the quality that I do and I couldn't do some of the recordings uh, of, you know, with me and my kids and like a project that I'm working on now. Uh, like I couldn't do that kind of stuff without the help of these AI tools. Yeah. So like, you know, it helps and it is helping people make more stuff and be more creative than I'm all about it. So disclosure. Uh, okay. Give me uh let's do a year. Like by years, when is Skynet? Like oh, not, not when is the world of Terminator, but when do we have what folks like to call the singular, when do we have a giant hive mind that kind of controls the, the conveniences of human life in the future? So there's a, there's a, from what I understand, there is a textbook definition of when the singularity will happen. And that is when an artificial intelligence that we have created creates something that we cannot break down and understand. Yeah. So once it creates something that we can no longer understand, then we've reached that point. Yeah. And I think 
that we could say that we're already there. You think so? Yes. And let me give you an example. Okay. Now I haven't heard an update on this, but it, it could have it could have happened, right? It could have, they could have explained it, but at the time that I read the story, they had not explained it yet. But basically, they took an artificial machine learning thing with an eye and they pointed it at two pendulums that were connected to each other. Yeah. And when you started up the pendulums, they would just go in chaos. Like our listeners can't see what I'm doing with my fingers here, but he's uh, waving his finger feverishly in the air. Yes. So they they were it's just it's it's literally random. Yeah. The direction that they go. And it was like, figure this out. Like tell us something about this. And it watched it for a little while and then it spit out a formula. Uh, what is it? F equals MA, which is force equals mass times acceleration, right? So that's yeah. a well-known formula that we know, yeah. right? Uh, and then it kept, they just kept it on and it was just looking. And then it started spitting out formulas. Just that we, formulas. Did, that we didn't, we don't know what those are, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so that is something that like, you know, kind of makes you wonder. And this was several years ago. So, uh, but, but basically, uh, I, there's two camps out there about the singularity. There's some people that think it's Skynet. They're going to launch the nuclear weapons and, you know, against its targets in Russia, right? They're going to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, and then there's people that I think I'm in more in this camp of this is, there's no reason to think that the singularity is going to be any bigger of a threat than other technologies that we've already created, yeah. such as nuclear weapons and anything else, so... Um, the question will be, how do we embrace it? So to get to, to say, like, when do I think this is going to happen? Uh, being a technology expert as I am, uh, <laughs> I'd say within our Steve kids' lifetime. Yeah, I think so, too. Maybe but not within so ours, but within our kids' <clears throat> lifetime. I don't know. I think, listen, I, I just want to get to the point where I can download my consciousness and annoy people forever. Yeah. It's my life's dream. I just want to be stand. a thorn in the side of people forever. They're going to scan this podcast. Oh, my God. It'd be great. <laughs> oh, my God. And then you just deep fake me onto all sorts of oh bodies my and God. stuff. It'd be the best. It would you be know that so term good. deep fake? It always sounds dirty to me. It always sounds dirty. I, I mean, I know it's not. Yeah, why it's not just, call it face swap? Or like yeah. deep fake is so... St- I get it. It's deep and it's... I guess. But like you're just putting a face on somebody else's just, body. Yeah, it just sounds dirty. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my, my brain. That's the that's the singularity trying to screw us. <laughs> They're trying to steal our faces and put it on their bodies. <laughs> so, um, well, I was going to bring up more nerd news, but man, the singularity killed killed off our 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 segment on that one. So, well, I'll just save that second round for this. So, I wanted to get into a little bit of talk of I was going to say music and movies, but right, well, music. I'll oh, at the end of, of this one, I'll bring up music because I found I found some fucking gold that you need to listen to because it's so goddamn good. Anyway, so movie-wise, I was uh, I was I've been watching this movie since it was announced, and it's very important to me because it's it's dumb and it's going to be horrible. But a certain <laughs> thing happens after an amount of time where when something is created, which this is so fucking weird to me, it's so weird that when something is created, eventually the person who created it no longer gets physical rights to it. It's just it's it was created so long mm, ago. Yeah, yeah that that becomes public domain because now it's in the zeitgeist so much. Like Sherlock Holmes. Like Sherlock Holmes. You can't own a Sherlock Holmes. You can't. Like James Bond is about to be up, even though they keep making movies because it becomes public domain where anybody can use it. And Winnie the Pooh has recently come into uh, 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 public domain. 
and a movie has just been released called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And it is like a Danish slasher movie. And if you would, do you have a means of Googling real quick? I sure can. I just want you to look at, at, at Pooh and Piglet. Just put in Pooh, Piglet, Blood and Honey. And I want to get your reaction and what you feel about this movie just from looking at the characters from Pooh, Blood and Honey. It's one of the top. <laughs> oh, it's one of the top, buddy. And listen, I've already heard it's not great, but it doesn't matter that it's not great. Somebody did it. Oh, my and God. They, there it is. And they did it the second it dropped. Within like a day of it dropping, they went, we are making a movie. Which means they, they were waiting for the, they had a countdown clock, waiting for the moment it was public domain. Now, I'm looking at this image. and yeah, Is it there, a poo? There's a young lady in a, in a hot tub, it looks like. And Pooh and Piglet are behind her. Yes. Looking like they're up to no good. They definitely and that seem. is horrible. <laughs> it's so horrible. Oh my god. So, but as a creative, does it weird you out that eventually the shit you create will no longer belong to your family? Well, I mean Like how do you feel overall about it? Well, the 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 specific things that you create will still belong to your estate. Yes. Right. Uh, but the 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 like the 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 trademark not the trademark yeah the trademark the trademark is no longer yours so yes. the the property itself the name is no longer yours but the specific things that you create are still yours yeah um i mean you know i'll be dead so like, <laughs> so that's their fight is that what you're saying yeah yeah i mean i'm too old to know. deal with that shit so <laughs> i mean i don't care you know but uh i mean whatever it's cool you should be able to you should be able to use it do yeah. you kind of want to watch blood and honey i kind of want to watch the trailer. <laughs> like, I, I really do listen i've heard the movie is horrifically bad and i don't yeah. i would I, listen why if you would go it be into good who blood and honey expecting the next great movie then you you were just living your life incorrectly because you. nothing about that movie screams <laughs> this is gonna win some fucking oscars there are yeah. no critics anywhere that are going to look at that movie and go, man, they're really changing the game with this one. No, yeah. they just wanted to take something beloved and turn it into something horrible. And by the looks of it, man, success. Because that yeah. Winnie the Pooh is creepy AF. And instead of doing a little cute, weird piglet, which they could have done, which could have been just as creepy. Like if it didn't talk and it just stood there and they just used like a little kid to be the body, it'd be creepy. But they didn't. They went, nope, giant bear man, giant pigman. Yeah. Here you go. Pigman. And I'm for it. I'm for it. And guess what? Maybe that girl should have been in the hot tub unattended. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe much like all of our religions belong, she should be with a male relative or oh her husband. God. Right? Oh my God. She'd be protected. Is that not, are we not, <laughs> that not what we're doing here? Okay, sorry. Uh, well, I mean, hey, uh, you're free to think whatever you want to think, but uh, you're also free to hear some feedback. <laughs> hey, Ryan, it's uh, Thursday's the 11th already. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> Far out, man. So let me ask you this. How are we feeling about some uh, some Keanu Reeves making more and more? Because now they have announced John Wick 4 will be released this year, I believe. And now next year, we will be getting a Constantine 2 electric oh. boogaloo. Now, let me tell you something. Constantine. Let me tell you a fucking thing. Constantine, I never. Okay, first of all. I will say, I, we just watched it yesterday morning, so I'm so fresh in the brain. I was not familiar with the character before I saw the movie. Yes. Okay. But I thought that movie was great. Yeah. Love and I never understood why people didn't like it. Like, Wait, people are there people like, that hated Constantine? Yes. 
there was like a big backlash to it because you know he, did, he Listen, wasn't blonde. Listen. He wasn't all this other stuff. And I was like, did you watch the movie? Because it was kind of like super good. I can't get behind people who worry. Like, like the argument right now that people are bugged that there's a, that the Little Mermaid is played by a black girl will always baffle me beyond repair. I can't wrap my brain around people that allow themselves to get upset at something so silly that has zero to do with them. And in a medium where they do not have to imbibe any of it, they can literally go, not for me. Do you think there, there is a, like on the Venn diagram, do you think that people who complain about the little mermaid are the same people that complain about black elves? Oh, yes. Lord of the Rings? oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it's just a circle. Oh my perfect God. Circle. Yes. <laughs> also the same people that don't grasp what is the regular human evolution that a says that we are all women and we become oh, men yeah, and B we were all black we became white. Yeah. So, so a, uh, there's no superior race because there's only one race. That's right. <laughs> and it's yeah. human. Yeah. And B, we should all be invited to barbecue because we all <laughs> share roots <laughs> in the system. Long ago. It literally is your tribe and my tribe left the cradle of life well before yeah. other people's tribes. That's it. It's a proven fact. It's it. That's it. So, but when you say something like, Oh, now the little mermaids, black woke culture. And you go, it's a fucking mermaid dog. A, it doesn't matter because yeah. it's a mermaid. What What do you think about people that say uh, unironically uh, wokeism? I listen. You, there's a couple <laughs> things you can say, and listen. I'm an argumentative guy, and I like when people proselytize. I think if you have belief structures and convictions, you should argue them. Mm. I'm not going to be nice to you just because you can articulate a point, but. You have to be able to articulate a point or you get no. And I, listen, I'm not a, I'm not the bastion of, of all knowledge. But what I'm saying is if you want to have a constructive argument with me, there are a few things you can say that will instantly like it, my brain will shut down and go, well, I'm not even going to try to be like bring up points with you because your points and my points won't even be the same. And your argument a will most likely be based solely on faith, which is a, not an argument. That's a, a, or a, a, a Fox opinion piece. News talking points. That's faith. It's all faith based as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Faith in America, faith in whatever. So you can't get into fundamental arguments with people who don't have a structured argument. They just have a system of belief. You can't, you just can't. Not saying it's good or bad. Either way, what I'm saying is you can't argue with somebody that believes in a point. You can't. The great thing about science is science wants to be proven wrong. Mm. If somebody could prove that the world is only 6,500 years old and that man walked with dinosaur, Every paleontologist in the entire universe would be ecstatic. You know why? Because science wants to prove itself wrong. It's the only way science gets better. It's mm -hmm. the only way to learn. Faith does not change. It is ever unchanging. That's the idea of reading that book mm -hmm. and loving it. You have to allow space for the fact that you might be wrong. You might be wrong. And when you have a belief structure, you can't be wrong. It has to be infallible or you, what do you believe in, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it, it's a very, very hard argument. So, but when it comes to when it comes to, to arguments about black elves or, or a Hispanic guy, I'm going through it with my kid right now because they're getting ready to make an anime, a, a live action one piece movie. And people are up in arms because the main kid, Luffy the monkey or monkey to Luffy or whatever his name is, is going to be played by a South American kid. Right. And everybody's fuming. And then somebody went back like six years ago in a manga when they were asking the guy Odo who make the show, if, if one piece were on our earth, where would everybody be from? And he goes, all oh, simple. And he goes, it's going to blow your mind, but nobody's from Japan except for one guy. Everybody, Luffy's Brazilian. This guy's German. That girl's English. When I wrote them, I wrote their particulars to be of these cultures. 
So if they were in live action, they none of them would be Japanese except for literally one dude. Nobody mm. else in the series. Well, they're like background people, so, but none of it takes place in Japan. So, so like after it came out, people were up in arms, and then Odo himself came out and goes, "Guys, I wrote the story." No, he wrote the fucking live action. Not only that, he had say in who they cast to play the role. Yeah. So you can't argue that it's incorrect when the guy who created it is saying it's fine. So, but no. I think that's where we're at. Is it's all belief structure. I believe Star Wars is this, and when you change it, that's that's my argument. They believe Star Wars can only be this. So yeah. when you have a black stormtrooper or you have a girl who can use a force and you have unexplained things, they go, well, this circle, the stuff of my knowledge that's encapsulated in what I know in my belief can't possibly switch to this because they believe in it. And that, listen, I get it. It sucks because your life is hard or you have problems and you have issues and you want to, you know, that thing brings you joy. But it's not an assault on you. Things have to change. Things have to get, get different and be better. or we're just watching Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes over Back over. over and over again. And then guess what? You're going to complain that they just keep putting out the same fucking movie. Yeah, that's true. So if you want things to evolve, they have to change. Now, do you think Hans Christian Andersen, who wrote A Green Mermaid, would be like, do you think like the people who originally wrote the book would look at that the cartoon and go, red hair, pink skin? What the? Like, no, dude, because it's a mermaid. It's an elf. They're not real, guys. I want them to be real. I want I want to be in Star Wars. I want a fucking lightsaber. I want to I want to cast spells. I want to be a dwarf. I want all of these things. Just not I'm just a short guy with a beard. That's as close as I'll ever get to being a dwarf. Two two things. Uh yeah. one we, we've talked about this before. I do not want a lightsaber. I would injure myself very quickly. Uh That's why two, I want you to have a lightsaber. Two, I did not realize that the security officer on DS9 wrote manga. Wait. Security on, on DS9 is Worf. No. No? It's Odo. Oh, Odo! Oh, my God. No, Oda. <laughs> Oda. Oh, my God. Oh, I didn't Oda. say that. Oh, my bad. Oda. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Why would I forget Odo? He's the best. <laughs> Worf is the security officer on the Enterprise. Date. The Enterprise. Yes. Yeah. Maybe later. Which, by the way, Picard made me rewatch like the first season and a half. I thought we of, weren't going to talk about it. Of, of, we of Next Generation. <laughs> you so. said you didn't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. You didn't want to admit to our listeners that you watched Picard and liked it. Uh, I did like Picard. <laughs> I will say, and you're not going to like this. I will say, uh, I really enjoyed, if you watch Picard hardcore and then just watch the first season and a half of Star Trek, they do a good job of tying those, mm -hmm. especially the first season. Now, it's I'm about halfway through the second season. And it definitely has gotten away from where like the story of Picard was, but season one of next generation and Picard, they did a real good job of like interweaving, like all the traveler stuff and all. it's just very good. And I think, I think had I rewatched the first season of Star Trek next generation and then watch Picard, I would have liked it even more. And I liked it a lot, mm. but I will say, we definitely get some filler episodes in the next generation where I'm just like, what the fuck is going oh, yeah. on, dude? It, it's <laughs> like, amazing. It's amazing. Like almost every season of Star Trek Next Generation was 24, 24. episodes. That used to be normal. That used to be normal where they would put out 20, a full day, 24 to 32 episodes. Some, some even more than that, dude. It's unbelievable. It's un unbelievable. unbelievable to me. It's, it's crazy. Half the year. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. And now sometimes I'm like, six is good, man. Six is fine. Well, but yeah, I, I like, mean, 
What are you doing? 18 episodes, you slouch? Come on, man. Yeah, it's like I see a series that's 10 episodes. I'm like, what? 10? 10. 10 like, hours. Who has 10 let's hours to eight. invest? Let's give me yeah, eight. Dude, that's good. If you can't get that story in in under six episodes, I don't know if I could trust you as a writer. <laughs> I saw a meme that was like, uh, hey, uh, we made this movie. It's two and a half hours long. And they were like, no way will I sit for two and a half hours. And then it's Netflix. And it says, how about we make it 10 hours long? Split it up in episodes, and then you watch it all at once. And they were like, yeah, yes, a way better, way better scenario where I have four times more than I just wanted to watch a second ago. It's the best. I'm like, And you kind of just summed up people in all their problems with the things that they have problems with. Is they go, you can't do that. And they go, but we're doing this. And they go, well, that's the same, but I like it more because you told me it was different. But it's not really different. It's still a really long movie. Yeah, Picard is good. The first uh, episode of this third season came out, and uh, I haven't watched it, was, it yet, but it was very, very, very good. So I gotta say the the second season was maybe two episodes too long. I agree. Um, but uh, what was it? There was an episode in the second season where I was like, "Man, this feels like it could have been like an off point in one episode. Like it could have yeah. been like a ten minute segment of one episode." And I can't remember what episode it was, but well, you gotta understand with the the Chris Christoban and like yeah. like that like I love them. I think they could have their like own show. Yeah. But when their storyline in the first season was all very intertwined with what was going on with Picard in the second season, they sort of branch out and it feels like you're watching two different shows there. Yeah. They're both good shows, but it feels like you're watching two different shows. But the third season looks like it's kind of melting back into, I, I kind of feel like with the third season, what they're doing is what they, wanted to do with the first season and let me let me explain this so i know you didn't want to talk about it but no it's fine uh uh so they really wanted to like it to be a next generation reunion right yeah but sorry uh, patrick Patrick stewart jonathan frakes uh they were like well we're on board but i the rest of the crew was like i don't know you know we're not we're not really sure um yeah so so they made a great first season they made a good second season and then it was kind of a hit, and then I think they, that was enough to convince the rest, like LeVar Burton and Gates McFadden, all the rest of them, to come back. And 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 wait, and, Gates McFadden is that Troy? No, Gates McFadden is Beverly Crusher. Oh, Crusher, that's right, not Troy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beverly Mar- Crusher, Marina, Marina uh, Sirtis. Marina, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, a couple things. I I had forgot that Crush that that Doctor Crusher had left the the show for a. a for yeah, a bit for a and we get and we get the new doctor who is very racist against androids very yeah. racist against yeah. androids like so much so that at points i was like if you just swap those words out for other words it this is it's bad like yeah. 1950s like like fire hose dog shit like it's nuts yeah. dude what's her name Pulaski? Pulaski, yeah. yeah yeah polish probably yeah Interesting thing about no, that I glazed that over i was trying to get you to yeah, go into a racist I, no, no i didn't i tried yeah, to take the bait but the uh, <laughs> the uh, I saw what you were doing. I just didn't accept it. So, um, yeah, uh, the actress that played Dr. Pulaski is actually a crossover actress because she was in the original series as well. Oh, really? So she played she played I believe a doctor in Star Trek the original series, and then was also showed up in the Next Generation as a different character. Nice. I did not know that. There's a couple I of actors. I did not that know that. There's one one actor I believe that has been in. Uh, he was in all four. Yeah, the guy that plays um, one of the Klingons, like Curzon or something. Oh yeah, yeah. He was in all of them. He oh, played the same Kurt. character in all of them. Listen, my favorite 
storyline ever is is the Dax storyline. I would watch. Get you could listen, and every season could just be a new Dax, and I would watch. At, could you imagine how far back they could go with a trill, and tell us every oh, yeah. season could be a new story, and you could jump because you could tell us a whole life. You're talking about some of those guys lived for a year before the the the, the symbiotic had the symbiote yeah. had to go. But man, there's Curzon, a trill that shows up in. Or no, Curzon Discovery. was the Dax, right? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm I was to trying say Kang. Kang is what. Kang, yeah, Kang is what I heard in my head, Klingons. but you said Curzon, and it made me think of yeah. of um, the Curzon Dax. Curzon Dax and, yeah. and Jedzia. So, but there is a trill that shows up in uh, Discovery. By anyway. the way, in case anybody doesn't know, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but I really fucking love Deep Space Nine. Like so much <laughs> so that other Star Trek people are like, "What the fuck are you on about?" I don't know. I, I don't DS9. know. These days, these days, I, I feel that DS Nine is the at the time that it was out, it was the undersung series. Yeah. But as the time has gone by, it has it is it is coming ahead of the pack. It dude, it it holds up in the shit with like the fact that they made Benjamin Sisko's wife die to um Locutus is a crazy great idea. Like the fact that we love Picard, even though he hates kids and he's pretty mean to everybody all the time. Yeah, he's, a he's a very he's a very good cat. I mean, he's very based on like old English. He, like, I mean, he naval gets officers. He does As get better. He lightens goes, up. Series goes on, he gets better. Yeah, it gets tons better. But I like the idea of like he's a grumpy old sea captain, basically. So, but like the storylines in DS9 are very rooted in good ideals. Like they, you know, you're talking about just being there, the car, the whole Kardashian versus um Bajoran thing. I mean, you get into like you talk about soldier Taylor Tinker spy man with um with what's his name. Who is one of my all-time favorite characters whose name escapes me right now, but he's the Cardassian that uh, played. Yeah, the, the, yeah, we're not talking about uh, him and Chloe Cardassian. Garrick? Is it Garrick? Garrick. Garrick. Garrick? Oh yeah. my God. I adore that character so <laughs> much. Kim and Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> is that not what they are? Are they not yeah, no, aliens of some they're, kind? They're definitely okay. Cardassians. Yeah. Uh, there are four lights. There yeah. are so. four <laughs> lights. Uh, so let me ask you this. So you were for a John Wick four. You're down. Yeah. So they killed that dude's puppy and fuck them all. He's down. Right. Yeah. They're phenomenal. And there's yeah, something really great about movies where you don't need to know a story. They they're, fucked up. It's just this good, guy's clear. Yeah. Good. Good times. Great country. B one Oh five. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you this. Have you seen any trailers for any new DC movies that might be coming out soon? I have. Yes. Is there any particular moments in those trailers that made Brian Collins born in the 70s, <laughs> growing up late 80s in the 90s, that just made his little nerd wiener stand well, at attention? I think uh, I think I've shared this story. On and the I ain't talking about Ezra story. Miller's sex cult. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a weird. Which thing. we're ignoring, I guess, is we're OK with whatever that whatever was. That is. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, so I think I've shared this story, but like one of the defining traumas of my childhood was when I, I get it. Yeah, I, I your was foot actually, was hurt, I was and I, you had to have your friends. Okay, was before that, this is before okay. that. Uh, that was your fault. This is not your fault. This is before I met you. Um, so I was actually not born in the seventies. Born in nineteen eighty, which you know is the start of the. 80s. I mean. Your mom was impregnated in the 70s, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Dude, now you had to think about your mom being impregnated. I guess you're right. I guess you're right, because July yeah. is... July, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So, anyway, uh, my ninth birthday lined up with the release of a movie called Batman. 
starring <clears throat> Michael Keaton. 1989. And I, for my birthday, I asked to please go to Mom and Dad Hamilton. All I want. We stood in line around. It went all the way back to F Street. It was all the way wrapped around the block. We waited in line for that little two auditorium movie house. Sat down. Movie was late. Everybody was like, that's fine. They're just cramming everybody in here. Completely sold out. Movie was 15 minutes late. Movie was 20 minutes late. Everybody's starting to get a little anxious. I've gone through all my popcorn, all my candy. Then they come out and they say, sorry, the projector is broken. (gasps) Canceling the show. Oh, I mean, I wailed like I had just had an arm cut off. I was like traumatized, (gasps) crying so hard. Just I was dead. Like, oh gone. my god everybody in that theater felt bad for me my mom and dad were just like uh, what have you done to us i can't theater, imagine what a right? bob collins does with a screaming kid i mean you know he's he's surprisingly empathetic you know no he's no got- he seems very empathetic but your father's also very monotone and quiet a lot yes, of the time from what i've known definitely <laughs> so i seem i feel like he, he would try so very hard to be like brian it is okay but <laughs> you're a you're a child and you're screaming and there is no logic to what's going on they were so it, as Strangers a nine-year-old, I would candy be at me. They were doing all this stuff trying to make me feel better. It was not. It was not happening. But we did go back. Like I think the next day or the next weekend, and we, we saw it. But also, if I was in the theater, I'd be like, "That fucking kid is right, man." We sat there for somebody a said long that. time. Somebody said that. I don't blame him. I remember somebody saying, "I don't blame I don't him." Blame I'm him. upset too. Yes. I almost started a riot. So yeah. Oh life. my god! What? <laughs> I don't know. The kid started crying. We tore down the screen <laughs> for that kid. And to be fair, that movie theater got torn the fuck down so maybe next time show the movie ryan collins wants That's to right. see on my birthday yeah on so, his birthday about. happy birthday anyway baby <laughs> collins so anyway um long story short i think i have watched that original batman movie or i the 1989 batman movie about a million and a half times love it so when michael keaton said hey do you guys need any help and he said i'm batman i said yes of course he's batman Duh. Duh. Like, yeah. And they showed the car, the Batmobile, which was the best. Well, they showed the Batmobile first, the cave. Then they showed the Batmobile with the cloth. And I looked at it and went, I know that fucking car because I owned. Yeah. I owned a Hot Wheel, a bigger model. I owned a lot of those Batmobiles. On our Christmas special uh, on our former podcast, uh, you said memorable Christmas presents. And that Batmobile was one of the memorable Christmas presents. Amazing. Yes. I'm very excited about that. Also, Supergirl is there. Supergirl has always been one of my favorite comic characters in all of her various iterations. So that should be interesting to see. So uh, I said to my heard... wife, I want well, you to watch this trailer real quick, right? Yeah. Because it's DC. She doesn't like DC movies. It's The Flash. She probably couldn't even give a shit. Who the... My wife is so amazingly disconnected from like nerdy shit like that. Like sometimes, like I told her, I would love to do like one once a month podcast where I said my wife doesn't like it. And not that she hates this stuff. It's just stuff that she just isn't in her brain to care. Like she likes the love game of Thrones. We're watching the last of us. She loves it. So she likes pop culture. She likes all that stuff. But man, the more sci-fi or the more fan, the more dejected from reality that a storyline gets, the less my wife cares, which is fine. I get it. I love it. But sometimes I really love like picking at that brain. So I go, you have to watch this trailer. So I turn it on and it's a flash and I can already see her like the, like the wind, like her sails are deflated. We are at a thousand percent cabin fevers. She already doesn't want to sit there. 
We're, the boat isn't moving. The ocean, there's no waves. We are bland. We are stuck. So she's going, and it's the Flash, and they show some other stuff, and then all of a sudden, boom, Batfleck, who she fucking hates. So much so. Hates the Benefleck Batman. Probably the, her least favorite Batman. And she turns to me, and she goes, what? And we keep watching, and it's more the Flash, and now it's double Flash, because now we have reverse Flash with the Flash, and it's this whole thing. And she goes, why would now I've already watched it, mind you. And she goes, why on earth would you want me to watch this? And then another Batman comes through and another Batman. And then all of a sudden we see the cave in the car and I do. They are you not entertained yet, but she's not <laughs> looking at me. So I'm beside her on the couch. My arms open wide, much like Maxis uh, 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 from 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 Gladiator. Maximus do, Decimus Aurelius. Meridius. Yeah, uh, a, a, a husband to a murdered wife, father to a murdered son. Uh, he, uh, so I'm this, and I'm slowly turning to look at her because I know within seconds what's going to happen. And she is so upset that we're white because she couldn't possibly care less about it. She would never watch that movie. And all of a sudden it pans down and we see the back, the 89 Batman ears, and he turns around and she goes, <gasps> because she it. fucking loves Michael Keaton's Batman <laughs> so much. And I was like, yeah, there it is. And she goes, are you kidding me? And he turns around and he goes, well, I'm Batman. And I was like, yeah, and she was sold. And I don't think she'll watch it. No. I think she'll watch <laughs> clips of Michael Keaton she'll as Batman. Of, yeah. And I, she is very happy Michael Keaton is Batman, but there's nothing. And I go, well, I think the I think the Twilight Boys Batman might be in there too. And somebody said they saw Christian Batman, like Bell's Batman swinging in the background. And she goes, okay, but Michael Keaton, right? So like, that's my wife. She was out. Nothing about that was interesting except for the 89 Batman to her. And good for Michael Keaton. And yeah. guess what? Give me a Batman. Well, we can probably, can we just knock the Schumachers off? Can we just say those didn't happen? Yeah, love Val yeah, Kilmer, yeah. love George Clooney. Yeah. Those are just, those were yeah. what else? Those or what ifs grabs. or whatever. Yeah. Cash grabs. So give me some more Michael Keaton Batman. Give me that, that Azrael Batman Beyond old Batman Michael Keaton stuff. That's what I want. So, okay, well, we're close to I think we're close to outro here. We didn't we didn't even hit all our topics because we we stayed pretty much on because we are focused. We are rebranded. We are rebranded. This machine. podcast is the best. So uh, <laughs> we will continue to do MFK. I just didn't write it because I wanted us to like kind of I want us to get into the idea of having like we know we're going to do pop culture talk. We know this and that. So that's my goal. So I haven't done an MFK, but there's room for MFK at the bottom. So. <laughs> So this is my very, it's see, it's my very, outline, very it's, outlined. It's, look at that. Like, no I, time I or anything. It's just, well, we'll do an intro and there's this and yeah. there's this and then the outro and then we're yeah, done. It's fine. So it's fine. Um, uh, but before I want to distract you with one more thing. So yeah. you mentioned Maximus. Uh, did I, now I read this. I didn't see any confirmations, but there is a Gladiator 2 in the works. Is Ridley, there? Ridley Scott. Uh, well, Russell Crowe's not going to be in it. But, uh, yeah. So apparently it's, uh, you know, the sun. The, the emperor's son. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and oh, from what I understand, yeah. Lucius. From what I understand, um, what I read was Ridley Scott was quoted as saying, "This has been written since before the first movie came out. I just oh. never, uh, like, I never like pursued it until recently, and now it seems like it makes sense because the timing all matches up." Also, I have a lot of respect for Ridley Scott. He definitely could have. I mean, Gladiator was oh, huge. Man, it won he so many Oscars. Just turned it that was a right around. Hit. Yeah, could have turned that right around. And instead, he probably went off and made. Didn't he do like Thirty Days of Night or whatever again? Like he did some uh, like almost horror movie esque, like something yeah. creepy instead of doing another big, huge Hollywood picture. So yeah. I kind of have respect for that. That's amazing. 
So also, I, I've finished like three chapters of your stupid book so far. Oh, so. Oh. I'm going to finish it before we talk about it. So, but I have okay. been reading, so suck <laughs> it. I want everybody to know that I'm slightly a good friend. Every once in a while, I do do the things that I say I'm going to do. So that's um, what you meant when you said chapter one is done. Yeah, I thought, yeah, that, I I thought we were talking about like, though. yeah, nope. I thought we were talking about like rebrand, like phase one. No, nope. I think phase one is officially complete today. Because you, sent me, the, you sent me one. the logo and you were like, there's the logo. Also, chapter one complete. I was like, oh, OK, that's chapter one of rebrand. I didn't realize nope. you meant. My, my, also, my guys, if you haven't seen our new logo, it's amazing. It's, it's pretty good. It's yeah. probably one of my favorite logos I've ever created ever. <laughs> it's the best. Two it, weeks from everywhere. So also the branding at the bottom will be it's witty banter is half its charm. <laughs> <laughs> so, your hair treatment. Your hair treatment. What this place is geographically. Two weeks from everywhere. That's what we need. We just need two weeks from everywhere. Oh, I'm gonna put that. Wait, I have this one too. Roger, Roger. Ryan's an idiot. That's my favorite one. <laughs> Save that. That's uh, I, these are voice recordings from D one when he's just talking to himself. Yeah. <laughs> in his sleep. So, his but I also sleep. we'll get into life stuff. We don't have to today because we've we've definitely run over. But I would like to have a life section because I think it's important to talk about that we are dads and we're both trying to get back into things we used to do and find time mm-hmm. to do. Um, like musically, like I don't know if you know this, but I sent you like a song that like I, I is one of those weird like moments where I was like, oh yeah, I used to write music all. I used to sit down with a guitar and write music all the time. It, none of it was any like great. I just enjoyed doing it. And I came up with that song and I sent it to a friend of mine. I don't know if you know him or not. Um, I'll, I'll tell you his name off air. Um, but he's my friend, Mike, who who has gotten into like punk rock later in life. And, and, and he plays drums and he plays bass. And I had sent him that thing. And two days ago, he goes, hey, this was just on a whim. But I wrote a bass line to that clip of music you sent me. <laughs> and and here it is. So I was like, I'm going to like Ryan's doing another thing with a with a band with his uh, old band. But I'm going to like talk to Ryan and we could do a like don't have to meet. Let's just record a bunch of crap yep, and do this thing. So <clears throat> so we have all that to do, too, which will which will lead into in, into greatness. But uh, but um, I think it's very important that that Ryan in, in his high school band, actually the band that kind of encompassed our friend group, like kind of the centralized reason a lot of people hung out was Ryan's high school band called the Muckers. Um, um, with with our friends Billy and Troy. Now, Billy, I haven't spoke to Billy in probably twenty some odd years. It was we figured it out. It was twenty seven years since we last spoke to each other. That's in since you yeah. and Billy talked. Yeah, that's it. Now, Troy, I've randomly like I like a month ago I Facetimed Troy because somebody that was getting tattooed was like, I know Troy. I was like, I'll call Troy right now. Let's make fun of him. And Troy, <laughs> in all of his glory, was very Troy. And, yeah, and was, I love that. And, and it, yeah. I enjoy people like Troy for the same reason I enjoy people like you. Troy didn't say, what the hell have you been? He didn't question it. We weren't not friends for that period of time. We just didn't talk. And the second I saw Troy's face, it felt like we were in high school again. And we could have talked about just about anything. It was very amazing. It was very fun. And the fact that like I saw that picture of you guys back in the room, I was like, the only thing missing is like me sitting in the background, like being obnoxious <laughs> at somebody's face. Yeah, who was, there was a couple of other people that uh, were often in that basement that had commented on that photo and said, oh, well, we there were the need, brothers. We need to be one more day in the basement. <laughs> yeah. There were the brothers for sure. They were always <laughs> out and about. So, and of um, course the former guest on our former podcast, uh, I think we, I think we just rocked his whole existence. Like he, <laughs> are you talking about account? Can you? Yeah. He was dude. like, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was an insane picture, man. It was insane <laughs> to me. 
And listen, the muckers were good, dude. We you guys were. were. That's good what we music. found out. Like when we were playing. Uh, well, I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but like it was so great. There were so many times where we were playing, and uh, like Billy was like, "Oh yeah, it's a children's story." You remember that song, a children's story? And I'm like, "No, I don't remember at all." He played two notes, and I remember the whole fucking song, yep. every bit of it. <laughs> yeah. It's and then so we good. just played. And there was so many times where like Troy would just click his sticks and we just start playing all all start playing the same song like we had been playing. And Billy was like, man, this could have just been two weeks ago. It was amazing. It was that's absolutely crazy. amazing. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. So that's, that's yeah. great stuff. So be on the lookout. The muckers are back. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll have more about that. Uh, Ryan and I and and hopefully Mike have, have something we might be doing, which won't be like a live go. I got a song for you. Thing. You got a Oh, mm. It's called Doug with the with the with the good hair. <laughs> no, uh, it's uh, actually a song. Uh, I had I had the hook for it a while ago, oh, but God. it was inspired by. Um, let's just say one of my kids um, would take their tech into the bathroom, yeah, and then we wouldn't see them oh. for a long time. Yeah, so I started a song called "No Tech on the Toilet" and. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's got like a little like street punk sound I, to it. So. And so for, listen, I have a, so uh, so I wrote a song that I sent to Ryan. And by the way, there's like I have like six verses. I have a breakdown. It's it's ridiculous. But Ryan turned me on to a term that I now use uh, like in my in my in my daily like verbiage. Uh, I use I use yuck and yum because yeah. I think it's it's probably <laughs> the church of yuck yum might be the best church ever, which is just the golden rule. Well, it's a golden rule expanded. It's not treat others as you want to be treated because some people like to get hit with sticks in their butt and like put pineapples up there. So I don't want that treatment. Yeah, don't but, do that. <clears throat> yuck no yums is if what somebody's doing doesn't hurt you, there's zero reason to tell yeah. them they can't do it. Don't yuck, don't yuck a yum. Down. So I wrote a song called Yuck No Yums and I, it very, very like garage band, like kind of gutter, not even gutter punk, more just a street punk level song. <clears throat> But the second I, like the second the words, when I went like, dun, 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 I was like, that, there's something, a little something there. And so I recorded on a memo thing and I sent it to Ryan and then I started writing more words and I played it more and I was like, holy shit, this is fun again. Like this, not even that yeah. wasn't fun. I just hasn't, haven't done it in so long. So it's very exciting that like now we're trying to find, like we've, you know, we're raising kids and we're, their lives are, are exponentially more important than our own. I, I will always hearken back to, I give my life for a sunrise I will never see like that. Mm. I've written things down. So, so when we talk about these things on, on Facebook and Instagram, I will have, we'll have a, I'll have a link to chat GPT so people can see it. I have a link to some of the, the trailers for these, for the shows we're talking about. I've got all that written down. I'm going to make an effort since Ryan does a lot with editing and, and, and writing songs and jingles and doing all that. I'm going to work on making sure we do try to elevate uh, podcast levels up. Uh, my God, the annoyance in your face is palpable. And it, it's so, what makes me happy is it's not me, right? That's what you understand, <laughs> is that this could very easily be happening to me. And it doesn't matter. The 17-year-old does the same thing, where it's just a constant stream of my attention has to be on them. Ryan is currently <laughs> being decimated in the head by one like drumstick just tapping on the top of his headphones in such a manner that he can't get Superman because it's not hard, but it's very annoying to him so much so that like even me saying this is annoying the shit out of him. And it's, it's probably the best way to end the podcast <laughs> is Ryan's level of dad annoyance. Just his dad brain is going to catch on fire. And he has, I, I can, I can tell you now, 
infallibly, without a doubt, that Ryan has never smacked, spanked, or thought about hitting his kid. And right now might be one of the times he is closest to just like pulling a hair or pinching. That I could like shoot fire out of my nose and mouth. That would be good. Like that. <laughs> Jesus, I so would much, you dude. let us finish this podcast? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get upstairs. Oh, I'll be upstairs in a minute. No, oh you already God. did. Life yeah. threats. Go. Oh shit, that was dead. Do you guys hear the monotone? The voice dropped into a very subtle dude. level of I am no longer joking. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny to yeah, this I'm, point, and now it's not funny. Yeah, it's one I tell my kids every I'm day. Counting. You get 10 steps. Why always go to the 11th? I yeah. give you 10. Stop at 10. This <laughs> guys, we have got to go before Brian kills a child. He's going to kill a kid. Took the headphones off. Of that. Oh my God. It was about to get serious. All right. So let's end this before Ryan gets killed by a child and eaten in a very Lord of the Flies kind of way. So anyway, welcome to the first official po- uh, uh, episode of two weeks from everywhere. A podcast. Oddity. A geographical oddity. So I'm Doug. I'm Ryan. And uh, we live that dad life. <laughs> blood in, <laughs> blood out, motherfuckers. We live that dad life. Yep. Pick up your Legos, motherfuckers. Pick them up. Because they hurt when I step <laughs> on them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye.